Welcome to the show. We're back and we've got a guest, another stellar musician. Kevin Dubrow said he's the most gifted young guitar player that he's heard since young Randy Rhodes. So a pretty big compliment there. Alex Grossi, guitarist, is here. I'm not even sure I can list his full resume here. He's done so much and played with so many great musicians, including Janie Lane, Stephen Adler, Dizzy Reed, Joe Liste, and many more. Uh, of course, he's currently a member of uh, Dizzy Reed's side project, Hookers and Blow, as well as Quiet Riot. So, of course, we'll talk about those two bands, uh, but also we're going to talk about his tryout with Guns N' Roses, playing with Public Enemy, the recent Facebook drama that went down. That's always fun. You got to love social media. So enjoy it. Here we go. Welcome, Alex Grossi, to the Chuck Shoot Podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. This is great. It's a long time in the making, right? I think I, I first reached out to you. It was a while ago, I think. Yeah, it's been a couple of years, I think. Actually, yeah, <laughs> a couple of years. It's been, it's been, it's been that long. A couple of years, actually. Holy yeah. shit. Okay. Well, this is good. So hopefully, I've, yeah. this is uh, it was worth the wait for both of us. I think Definitely. it'll be fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I did a little research on you. Uh, I found out. I mean, I, I seen your name. Like I said, I've seen your name a million times. You're you're this band or that band, and like, I mean, you you've been worked with a lot of amazing musicians. But um, I didn't realize you, you kind of started out as. Would you call yourself like a phenom? Cause you were playing in bands, you were playing in a bar band at 15 and then at yeah, 17 uh, you were yeah. teaching. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't know, you know, they use that, that prod, that word prodigy. Prodigy. I that's what it always is. Always the, you know, even when I was in like, um, school band, I was playing with the high school band. Um, I was just a very, very advanced in music. So they would always bump me up a couple of grades when it came to that. And then when I, you know, I turned 15, I got a guitar and just really got immersed in that. And, and, um, there was no one in my school that I, you know, that could play at the level I wanted to play with. So I ended up playing in bar bands with guys that were like twice my age when I was in high school. Um, you know, that's always uh, weird, right? Because they don't yeah. let you, you, you can be in the band in a bar if you're underage, but you can't drink. Like you have to go up on stage and then as soon as the band yeah, ends, yeah, you have to get I, off. I, and... I used to have to go outside in between the sets and have my mom <sighs> wait, go wait in the car with my mom or have my mom be in the venue with, with me at the, at the, you know, the whole time to be in there. Um, wow. yeah, there's, uh, in Connecticut where I grew up, there was all these rules that they had to follow, but you know, my, one of my two parents was there to, you know, make sure I wasn't, you know, the, the bar wasn't going to lose their liquor license by having me there. But yeah, I started, started playing bars at 15, 16 wow. years old. And, uh, that's, it's all, and in my entire career, it's always been that way. I've always been like 20 years younger than everyone I'm playing with. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be that's nice that your parents were so supportive then and to do that. That's like a lot of effort to take you and Well, they they my mom and dad were both in the arts too. My my dad was a, a musician, you know, a professionally played with a lot of, you know, you know, he was more of a session guy, orchestra guy, and my mom uh, was was a dance teacher. She ran uh, they ran a music and dance school. So they they oh, they got it. They were okay. in the arts. They, they they understood. That's really cool. And yeah. then you got into the the uh college of the Berkeley school of music, the one in Boston, that's, yes. that's pretty competitive though. Is it difficult to get in? What's the process like? For it's, that? Um, I got in, I got a partial scholarship on guitar. It's pretty competitive, especially on guitar. Um, but I realized very quickly it wasn't for me. Um, and they say, if you actually graduate Berkeley, then you actually fail at the music business because most people go for a semester or two and get plucked out of there for, you know, to join a real band or, or go on the road or whatever. And that's what happened with me. Is that when you joined um, uh, angry salad? 
Yes, correct. They were um, they were like the thing at, at the time in Boston in the late '90s. You know, sort of doing that the college rock thing, and they um, were just on the verge of getting a record deal. And uh, I auditioned for them while I was going there, and um, I got the gig. And I just decided, well, I can stay here and sit in a classroom and learn about what it's like to go on the road and quote try to make it, or I can really go for it. And I chose the latter, and just kept going from there. Yeah, you think that was the right decision, right? Well, I mean, if if the way I, the way I see it is this, they had they had this uh, one of the classes was called rock performance, and it's a guy teaching me how to you know, be a quote rock star. It's like, dude, if you knew how to be a rock star, why are you here teaching? Wouldn't you be on a tour bus somewhere? Right, right. Yeah, no, so, that's a very good if, point. If, if you think if you think about it, you know, those who can do, those who can't teach teach and those who can't so, teach teach pe is what, I, what I, yeah or driver's ed yeah but no then that's no and that's, and that's no disrespect intended at all no. but i wanted to i figured if i'm going to do it i want to learn you know you know do do it for real you know i've got an opportunity and the band uh, ended up getting signed to atlantic records and we made it you know we you know this is back when labels spent money we actually got you know real money <laughs> right. to make a record yeah. and do the whole thing and it was uh, it was a great experience it was really really cool um and that lasted until about 2001 when AOL and Time Warner merged together. And because we, we had signed to Atlantic and that's, they were part of that, that family and a, a million people lost their jobs and a million bands got dropped and we were one of them. Oh shit. But so, did you, were you, I know you made the record on, you have at least one record that was on Atlantic. And yes. then did you have, did you do tours? Did you tour with some big bands or do some oh, big shows? Yeah, we, we toured, we toured relentlessly. We did, you know, before we got signed, we were doing like little, you know, van, you know, van tours, playing little clubs, and then after we got on Atlantic, we went out with um, we took with Sugar Ray at oh. their peak. Um, took pictures of Matchbox Twenty, like Hootie and the Blowfish, you know, bands like that that were happening in the late nineties. Um, Goo Goo Dolls was a big one. Um, Dang, the Verve Pipe went out with them. You know, just it was we did a lot of that that circuit. You know, it was okay. sort of that time in music. Uh, rock really had an, like hard rock was really kind of you know not in fashion if you will so you know even though it was in my heart it was what I was really into I, I had to kind of if I wanted to do it for, you know do it for real I had to kind of you know bend a little bit on what kind of style of music I was playing so you you were more into the to the 80s style rock you'd say or, or heavier 80s, stuff 70s and 80s yeah I was always just into you know big guitar riffs and you know rock you know being you know Guns N' Roses Motley Crue Aerosmith Kiss you know that kind of stuff and you know in the in the, in the late 90s the guitar solo guitar guitar solos sort of went out of fashion and the whole rock star thing went out of fashion and then it kind of slowly started to creep back I remember when Kid Rock came out and he was flying that flag a little bit with long hair and everything and and then you know it sort of you know it sort of came back around eventually but um yeah there was a time there when it was definitely out of fashion but I I never really stopped being a fan of it you know that's what I grew up on and I you know and you know it's, it's what i do what yeah I and obviously you're really good at it so like it was a couple of years later that you then you decide you're going for it you're going to move to la you love like the rainbow and all that kind of music and, and buck cherry i think it also you said kid rock but buck cherry it also kind of buck cherry had, had come out yeah, yeah so yeah. that was a little bit of a resurgence and then somehow explain how you got the job for beautiful creatures because that was a pretty well, popular creatures band too. Was one of those resurgence type bands too yeah um along with buck cherry um I had moved to um, Huntington Beach, California, to do a tour with a band called Ignite. They were um, like a more of a punk hardcore thing. Hmm. And then after that was over, I ended up in Hollywood, and I um, I went to this place called the Cat Club, 
which is it's not there anymore. Don't look for it. It's uh, it's BX of the Whiskey A Go Go. And um, Joe Lestay, who's the lead singer for Bang Tango and Beautiful Creatures, was doing his thing. And I got up and played a song with him, and we exchanged numbers, and and I ended up becoming the guitar player of Beautiful Creatures. Nice. After so did you actually have to audition or he, that was kind of the audition him seeing you there? You know, it, it was kind of on the side. It was kind of, I didn't even realize I was auditioning at the time. That guy got up and played uh, an ACDC tune and he looked at me and he was like, either I'm really drunk or you're really good. And, uh, <laughs> I said, probably a little, probably a little baby. I don't know. Call A, call B. Let's see. So the next day we met up for lunch and um, I went down and rehearsed with the guys. And we, we ended up going right into the studio and making their, the second record deuce, which, um, Oh, that's which, right. Uh, because you joined after he had already had the first album, right? Cause I think you, did you replace DJ Ashba? Yeah. Yeah. DJ's on the first album, right. the Warner brothers album. Then the, the second album deuce, um, is when I came in. That's and awesome. I wrote and recorded that album with them. Um, and then right when, when we were supposed to go on tour, uh, and support it, I got the opportunity to play in quiet riot. So I kind of, kind of oh. that kind of went up and then down but so um, that i was yeah i was gonna ask you like whatever happened but you left the band before it kind of dissolved or whatever uh it, it was it was it was just it, you know they had their big deal with warner brothers and again they you know it, it never didn't materialize the way they had hoped so mm. you know and quiet riot I, you know i want to say kevin, I, I played in kevin dubrow's solo band and once i had right. that band and we hit it off i realized that was a much you know obviously a much more prestigious and better gig and it's a steady gig and uh it was a no brainer really, you know? So was that the same for like with hookers and blow and dizzy? Is that how you, it was like you met him at a jam session kind of thing or how did yeah, you... same place? Actually oh. the cat club is where I met dizzy. Um, and actually I met dizzy through Joe through beautiful creatures. Cause dizzy came in to play keyboards on the creatures record. Oh, okay. All all, yeah. I met dizzy through uh, beautiful creatures and, uh, we became friends and that's how hookers and blow started just for fun. That's crazy. So it's a lot of just like making these connections. Like that's why you just it keep really, getting to work. It really is. I mean, it's a small town out there. You know, it really, it's, it's, a, it's a big city, but it's a small town in that, in that circle of, of uh, that little gene pool of musicians, if you will. That's yeah, that's fun. Yeah. And then you did that bad boys of rock tour with Janie Lane, mm-hmm. Steven Adler. That's where you met Kevin, right? Kevin Dubrow. And, uh, yeah. I, I, well, I met Kevin before that. And Kevin asked me, he goes, said, could you play guitar all night for, Janie Lane, you know, do a set of Warrant songs, you know, Quiet Riot, my stuff, um, Steven Adler and Bang Tango. Uh, I said, yeah. And I ended up doing, it was uh, rotating singers with one common band all night. And I was on stage for four sets doing like almost 50 songs. That sounds, um, were you fans of all those bands? Um, for the most part, yeah. I mean, I was yeah. familiar familiar with all the music. Um, it was a lot of work. I went, um, definitely a lot of, I mean, keep in mind, you put all these guys on one tour bus. Uh, it was definitely, if you would put cameras in that thing, it could have been a, v- a VH1 reality show. Like good stuff or bad? I know you said what happens on the road stays on the road, but was yeah, it, was it, it was, good it was, or bad was, or both or crazy or? Well, you know what? Good. It was, it ran, it ran the gamut really. I mean, it was, you know, it was good. It was bad. It was, it was some of the things that happened were just like, you can't write this stuff. But, um, you know, really? it, it was it was for the most part, it was, it was a, a good experience for me to, 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 you know, to see how all the, how kind of look back behind the curtain of these bands that I'd idolized and see how it really is. Um, and, um, that, yeah, it was definitely an eye opening experience for me. So, you probably learned um, a lot it, then is what you're saying. 
Yeah, and and definitely, you know, got my chops up. I mean, le- you know, learning all those songs that I'd grown up on, and then playing them with the guys that actually, you know, made them famous was really was really cool. And it made me step up my game a lot because when you're playing cherry pie with the guy who wrote it, you better play it perfectly. You know? <laughs> yeah. No. So did it live up to your expectations in that way? Like, or when you say eye opening, like. Was some of it you're like, oh, I didn't know about this part of the business, or I didn't know this. Yeah, well, it was like, yeah, definitely. In more, in many, many instances, it was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that to happen. But yeah, no, it was uh, all in all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, but it definitely was. It, let's just put it this way: the tour, we 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 use the phrase "crawling to the finish line" the last week of the tour, and we barely made it back to California. It was, you know. We went through four buses in four weeks. Janie dropped off after like eight shows. Um, you know, it, it was it was definitely uh, could have been broken up over two or three tour buses and kept people separate because certain egos and personalities could clash out there on the road. You know. Yeah, that's got to be hard. Yeah, you don't think about that because when these guys were in the eighties and then the, in the peak, like they they all had their own tour buses and they're probably used to that. And then when yeah. things get a little tighter, it's like, hey, we got to like you know, band together if we even want to do a show. Yes. And, then... and, there's, and there's a lot of you know, history with between bands and things and this and girlfriends and money and, you know, and I'm like 25 years old. <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking about, you know? Oh, uh, wow. Um, but I, I would, it was great. I, I, I'll never forget it. It definitely was a turning point in my career. And then um, after that tour was over, um, Quiet Riot reformed in right. 2004. Yeah. And, uh, Kevin and Frankie asked me to join the band at that point. Yeah. And then, and then Kevin passed in 2007, um, yep. three Yeah. That's sad. But then the, the band, that band continues on. We'll get to that too. Cause you guys are still together, which, which I think is cool. Cause I mean, here's my thing. Like I, I interviewed the, I don't know if you remember the band rocks gang. Uh, I do. I wasn't, wasn't Stacy blades in that band. Yes. Yeah. But I, yes. I was a okay. fan of theirs and they have some really good songs and, and that singer's like, we're never getting back together. Like I'm never doing a live show. And I'm like, that sucks. Cause like, there's some of those songs I'll never yeah. be able to hear live. So it's like for, and I've never seen quiet riot actually. So I'd still love to see to hear those songs. And especially some of the lesser, like the album tracks and stuff. If you're a fan, right. how else are you supposed to hear it? You know, like most cover bands are probably not going to do a deep cut from quiet, Riot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you did another, you're in a lot of these like cover bands. This seemed like so fun. This one's still around hundred proof all-stars. That was a uh, one. No, that actually never even did one show. That was, that was it. <laughs> that, that, that was supposed to get booked out here in Las Vegas years ago. It never happened. I don't even, we're, we're, I don't even know if that, how that's still even on the internet. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, you, you play in a lot of those kind of, this seems like so fun, like hookers and blow. It's well, just like you know, a, a lot of those things we do we, when we're not on the road, we'll do these cover things and hookers and blow is my main one. Yeah. But a lot of times we can't use the name hookers and blow obviously because it's offensive. Oh. So we'll make up a name like Hundred Proof All Stars or Hollywood oh, okay. Bulldozer or whatever in lieu of Hookers and Blow, just to in place of it, just to uh, be able to get the gig. Wait, so what? What places can you not use that name? Like in the Bible Belt or something, or what? No, well, yeah, and, and wherever there's corporate sponsorship, like if it's you know uh, Coors Light presents, okay. they will not put their their logo <laughs> next to ours. They won't do it. Yeah, it, it, you be it's yeah. Any, anytime there's a corporate, any, anything corporate like. House of Blues or Hard Rocks, they won't touch it. Won't Interesting. Touch it. I did not yeah. know that. I thought for rock bands, you could f- say whatever. You, no. You know. Oh, no. Interesting. Especially in the past few years when everyone getting even more politically correct, it's getting oh. harder and harder. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, because 
not everyone could get away with that name anyways, but it's like when it's a guy from Guns N' Roses, it's like, I mean, he's legit. Like he's led that lifestyle, you know, like I've never done yeah. cocaine. So, I mean, that, you know, that's like different, but he's, I'm sure he has, or at least he's been around that. Well, it's, a it's, ton. it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's not even about drugs or, or hookers or anything. It's just about, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's just a name that gets people attention, attention, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's an old, it's an old, the old phrases, you know, I spent all my money on hookers and blow the rest of it. I just wasted, you know, that's, <laughs> that's an old phrase and that's where the name came from. Um, but yeah, people, you know, with, with nowadays the little cancel culture and everything, people are very careful about what they can say and not say. And, and our name has definitely been on the chopping block more than once lately. Really? I never thought of, yeah. I, I guess, yeah, because I think when I first saw that name, I was just like, "Oh, that that makes sense." The guy from Guns N' Roses, like, and it's oh, we, we, we trade, we own the, we trademarked, it. we own it. We actually trademarked "Hookers and Blow." We, Dizzy and I own that; those two words. That's hilarious. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. We trademarked it in two thousand eight. In two thousand eight, I don't know if we could do it nowadays, but we own, yeah. we own the trademark. So, has anyone yeah. who's come after you to try to cancel you, like? Like just people um, on the internet, like trolls or actual no, like no, no, not not cancel like cancel culture. But we've had a lot of shows where the promoters call me a week before and say, "Hey, I've ha I'm having sponsors pulling out if you don't you know change the name or so we'll just put Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses." Oh, okay. And you know, Teacher. but it's 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 not that frequent. But the the funny thing is, a couple of years ago we did a tour of the U.S. and we put our name on the side of the bus, twenty five feet long, hookers and blow with the logo and everything, and lines with lines of cocaine and everything. And half the, <laughs> half the venues had said they would not put us on the marquee. I'm like, yeah, it's no problem. But we pull a 45 foot tour bus up in front anyways with the logo. So jeez, yeah, that's, that's they a good can't point. do anything about that. Right. I know. Unless they're going to black out your tour bus. Yeah. Go ahead. Try, try towing us. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, did you play with skid row too? You've been everywhere. I, I, I still didn't, I didn't, I was never in skid row. They, uh, I, they needed someone to fill in for snake in 2008 for a summer. And I did. For an entire I would call, summer, they call me Stunt Snake. Stunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was stunt. I was Stunt Snake in two thousand eight, but now I was never. No, I was never in Skid Row. No, but I mean that's no. yeah, that's whatever you want to call it. But you got to play yeah. with them for a whole. Like oh, I yeah, thought it was about half a dozen shows, and you know, I, 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 it was a lot of fun. They're, they're great guys, and I love I love that band growing up. Yeah, me too. That was like really, one of my really favorites. Cool I love Rachel's like, he seems like a really cool guy, like really down to earth. I had him on the show. Really cool. Really smart. He's a good yes. man. And um, yeah, he's sort of, he's sort of the guy in that band. Um, yeah. All those guys are great. Scott, and I think Scotty Hill's probably one of the most underrated guitarists of the eighties. Definitely. Yeah. Those, Definitely. They both had, I think that maybe the thing is cause there was two guitarists. It's like, yeah. Who do you single out as the guitar hero? Like they kind of both are. Because well, they, they, the leads, you know, they switched leads back and forth. But right. Scotty, man, he just, his, his leads are so, so good. He's such a great player. Both of them, both Snake and Scotty. So that was definitely a treat to, to be able to do that. Dude, that's sure. amazing. Yeah. And I know you didn't get this gig, but you actually, you actually auditioned for Guns N' Roses. Like you got to tell me that story. I that's did. amazing. Uh, yeah. In 2006, when Buckethead had quit, they were holding auditions in Hollywood and Dizzy brought me down uh, as one of the guys to try out. And I, I did audition. Uh, I can say I did that. Yeah. Was it, Axel it there was, uh, for that or was it? What? Uh, no, no, it was the whole band. I, they video, they, they were, you know, videotaping it. I had to do three songs. Um, and uh, it was, it was pretty surreal just to say I was, I was auditioning because they GNR is my favorite band growing up. I oh thought, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think they're my, I think Skid Row was like my number one in high school, but I think, Guns N' Roses has surpassed it now. Like they're just, 
I mean, those songs just hold the test of time so well. They, they really do. They really do. You don't realize how many of them there are. I mean, uh, Quiet Riot opened for them uh, in 2019 in Tijuana at the soccer stadium. It's huge. Oh, that'd be and, fun. And um, I watched the show. It was almost like a three-hour show, and every single song, you're like, oh, my God, I forgot about this one and this one this one. Even the deep cuts, like, you know, they, they, they played Coma and, and you know, uh, Bad Obsession and stuff. It was really, really, you know. Their catalog's amazing. There's, there's, a, there's a reason why they're doing the business they're doing. You know, it's the, the music's that good. I agree. Yeah, I've seen them three times, I think, since they reunited, and I uh, got tickets for. Oh, it's a great show. Yeah, it's still they yeah. still sound great. I love, and I saw them without Slash uh, in, in Vegas, the Joint, and that was pretty cool actually, because yeah. he brought in these amazing. Like he had uh, must have been at that time. I think it was probably DJ Ashba and like yeah, probably uh, Bumblefoot and. Uh, and and Bumblefoot and uh, I think Stinson was on bass. Yeah, I was probably I was probably one of those shows too. Went to a bunch of them. Yeah, I mean he, the band was always great. It was like, I mean every lineup, the, every player was stellar. I mean, so who beat you, know? you to that uh, for that job? Was that DJ Ashba? Well, they ended up that was when they got Bumblefoot. Bumblefoot. Okay, yeah. Yeah, oh. and 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 honestly, they were looking for they needed they wanted to replace Buckethead, which is that crazy. I'm not the guy for that, you know, but. Were you nervous Thanks, but, auditioning? That, that's got to be nerve wracking. You know, uh, not really because I've been playing those songs my whole life. You know, it's yeah. like, I'd be nervous if you asked me to change your trans, you know, fix your transmission or something. <laughs> I screw that up, but that's, that's I, a good I, point. I, I, I play a night train. Nah, no problem. I got that. Okay. Is there any other bands that you were close to becoming a member of or the audition for that you didn't um, get? Well, ironically, after I, I signed on with quiet riot, I got, I got a call to be to audition for nine inch nails, which that what? was probably what lasted. Yeah, nine inch nails, but that's that's not really even a band. That's just rotating guys. Um, yeah, I I came pretty close to thirty seconds to Mars. Oh, um, which, but you know what? Again, not, it, it, I mean, I went to Jared's house, Jared's house, and played with him, and then got called back a couple times, and uh, it just you know it was it was like it was, and I, it, when I first moved to LA, I had an agent that was getting me you know auditions, but it wasn't stuff. 99% of it was stuff I really wasn't into, you know, it would be, it would have been a total job. That's it. So is the agent picking these things then, or are people uh, reaching well, out to your agent from, like, from the record company saying, Hey, we got this band. They need a, or, uh, they need a guitar player. Or we, we just signed this female singer songwriter. She needs a band put up together around her. Um, uh, there's actually a guy in LA that does that. He put together his first main job. Like that was putting together the band for Alanis Morissette. Mm. for her to tour with and he's that's what he does he puts band you know finds players yeah you know, and uh so you're not a, a headhunter if you will right so you're not as big of a fan of uh jared leto's band but are you i mean because i'm a big fan of his acting i think he's an amazing actor like were you were you like did you get you a know, selfie funny, with him or an autograph i had no idea who he was when i went to his house I really in and he's like and he sat down on the couch he goes you know just so you know being in this band is hard because of who i am and i go i'm like i don't know who you are <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Wow. I'd never seen my so-called life or fight club. I, I'm like, you know, I have no, I have no, I, I thought well, you were the lead singer. Yeah. Cause this is probably before he really got like really bigger. Cause fight club, that was kind of like a smaller role. And yeah, this was, this was keep in mind, this is 2002, 2003. Right. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And then do you ever any interactions with uh Trent Reznor when you tried out for nine inch nails? I didn't. I didn't even go to the audition because I already just signed. I already signed a contract. Oh, okay. So you didn't go. Okay. Oh. And then the one job that you did get too was a uh, was Adler's Appetite. Now you played on that EP. 
of songs. I think there's like three or four songs on that. Yeah. I love those there's songs. A, there's a three song EP that came out with a song alive on it. That, yes. That, uh, Michael Thomas, the, the other guitar player wrote, and we released that, um, in conjunction with his autobiography. Okay. Um, right, right, right. Book. And I, yeah, I played on that. I toured with that for a couple of years and that's sort of, that was sort of the fix a flat between quiet riot stopping and then starting up again, you know? Okay. So um, that was like, that was kind of a, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cause I love those, uh, those songs and I was always like wanted him to do more. And then he kind of changed the band and changed the he, name. Then he got Jacob. Then he got the Jacob and those guys and the Adler record, which I really like, but it does it's, it's a whole different vibe. Than right. The, uh, yeah, the appetite stuff. It's more yeah. modern. They're both good, but I yes. really liked. Yeah. I thought that Adler's Appetite, the three songs, it kind of sounded like old school Guns N' Roses a little bit, or it like did, that did. era. Michael, Michael is Michael's to. Uh, Michael had a lot to do with that. He really was, was trying to capture that essence. Um, the main song I contributed to that was was the ballad called "Fading." Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, it was a three song thing. Star Dog, uh, I yeah, think, is the I, other I, one. I, I think Steven's playing on that was more like you know it was more like him rather than more modern and uh it definitely i think that ep captured the uh the old school gnr stuff a little more and and sounded more like steven you know but i love what jake what he did with jacob too i think it's a great record there's some good songs on there yeah jacob's talented he's in uh he's also a neon coven i think with ace yep he's a singer for that one yeah yeah i've I've been doing some writing with him as well He's, he's great for uh which project well he he actually wrote on the last pie right record oh okay the yeah. one that's not the out yet. Single in the blood, the the one we have the cowboy video for. Oh yeah, yeah. That song. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I just I was listening to that this morning. That that's your latest. Mm-hmm. But you have another one that's coming out, right? We're working on one right now, and, and Jacob is involved with that as well. Oh, cool, cool. Yep. Yeah, and then you. So was the Adler's Appetite? Was it was Hotel Diablo? Is that the same singer as Adler's Appetite? Yes. Yes, it is. Rick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I just discovered that today, and I think Gilby Clark produced that, right? Gilby, yeah, we did that at Gilby's place, and um, that was a lot of fun. It was just, you know, we had no real agenda. We just went in the studio and recorded. You know, most of what you hear is one or the first or second take. You know, real quick, real fun, old school. Um, and uh, I'm probably, I'm really proud of that record. It came out, came out really, uh, came out good. Too bad Machine Gun Kelly stole her name. <laughs> he did. Yeah, his record is called Hotel Diablo, and even he even stole the key. We had, we had a whole concept with a hotel key. He jacked the whole thing. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do you think that was on purpose? Uh, there's no way he, it, it was a coincidence. There's no, I mean, it literally right down to the font on the key. I mean, yeah. Wow. Are you going to yeah. sue him or can you do it? Well, we never really trademarked it. And uh, the way I see it is it, it just drove more traffic to our iTunes. So that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, phone bill a few times. So was he, <laughs> he must've been a fan then or something. Uh, or either that or whoever around him suggested it or whatever who knows one of maybe his art director but his album is called hotel diablo and it's got the, the hotel key and everything on it i'm gonna have to I mean, check that like, out really dude really and you know yeah it just there's, there's, yeah there's no way it was a coincidence but i you know hey whatever that's you know, yeah. good luck that's f- crazy so you do you do a lot of flying uh fly out dates because you're living in vegas now right yeah yeah, and then you, but you also you did do a tour with the uh, you toured with the Dead Daisies and John Karabi. Yeah, yeah, that was 2018. Um, they wanted to bring Hookers and Blowout to open their U.S. tour, and we did uh, a month in the U.S. with it. It was great. That's uh, back when Karabi was singing for him, and uh, they had Marco Mendoza on bass. That's was that pretty fun. That sounds like a really fun. He's such a cool oh, guy. Oh yeah, yeah. It was those guys are great. I mean, it's it's a it's a very uh, 
well-oiled machine you know it's because it's, it's not your typical rock band it's, it's it's kind of a pet project of this australian guy named david lowey right um and uh you know they it's it's i mean they're all phenomenal players and it was it was a lot of fun it's uh it's definitely not it, it's not run like a normal rock organ like like, like like a normal rock band it's more like a what's what i'm looking for it just it's, it's the, the ultimate all-star band let's put it that way yeah you definitely know? do you like that better like doing the actual tours where you have like 30, 40 dates in a row, or would you prefer like just the fly out dates where you just do like a weekend warrior kind of thing? Um, I like, I like the fly dates when I was younger. I liked being on the bus, but the fly dates nowadays are better because you know, you can do, you can make as much money in one or two, two or three days. as You can in all week. And instead, instead, you know, if you balance it out after, after expenses and everything, I mean, you're, you're sometimes you're better off just flying in, flying out. Um, unless you have a really, really well-routed tour and the money's good every night you're better off just playing once or twice a week okay yeah are you kind of interested in the business side because like you're your contact for like uh tammy and some other or some other people or just him or yeah no i i work for a booking agency um i run the las vegas office of a, of a, of a 80s hard rock booking agency and um, i book a few different bands you like that scenes, you know yeah it's you know it's what i do during the week you know um it's uh I've 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 always been the guy in whatever band I'm in. I've always been the guy that makes calls and deals with the logistics. So I figured I might as well make some money at it for other bands that I'm not working. You know, right? Yeah. So yeah. So quite right. Um, it's going to continue. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that, that was Frankie's wish, correct? Yeah, he there was never. I mean, he, there was never any question about it. I mean, he once he was once he realized what his diagnosis was his. Uh, just immediately wanted to make sure the trademark was taken care of, which it is. And, um, just wanted to keep taking dates and keep the machine moving. I mean, yeah, there was never any doubt. So, and, uh, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I mean, we put a lot of, we put a lot of time and, and, uh, I mean, I've given this thing almost 18 years of my life, you know, I mean, people, people tend to forget that, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad it is for, for a lot of reasons because I mean, you know, if, if you don't, hard rock and heavy metal going, it's going to, it will die. You know, you want it to keep going, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, but it's it, not it, like there's a million new bands that are flying the flag, you know? Right. Well, and it bothers you. It does, it does bother you when people talk shit about it. Right. Cause, uh, you got into well, it. It doesn't really bother me because like, people talk shit about everything on the internet. It's just, it's just, it doesn't, <laughs> but, it doesn't really affect, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, I don't, t- I don't, I, I'm, I just don't understand why people are so interested in how I earn a living. You know, but it, like, but you jumped in on a on a Facebook post the other day on Mark Knight's uh, Facebook thing when he was saying about uh, about doing a second version of Bang Tango, and then he like he was saying how he didn't understand why these bands keep using the name, and you you said it's called the music business. Yeah, build, because the bands are built to last. Recognize, yeah, that's because because if you everyone's like you should change the name. No, because we're trying to. This is how we earn a living. If you put a new name up on a marquee, it's not going to sell tickets. Right. Quiet Riot is a new, is a known brand. People know the brand. It's the brand, not the band. And you're playing Quiet Riot songs. Yes. And I, and I, and I, you know, I've been, this is, this is, it's like, you know, call it something else. Why? It's been, I've been played in in this Quiet Riot for 17 years. Why would we stop now? You know? Right. And like, and like we said, it's Frankie's, I mean, that's what he wanted. He wanted the band to continue. And I actually yeah, saw it's, 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 it is, it is, it's, it's just funny to me because people, people are so passionate and, and, and with everything that's gone on in the past two years, if you're that upset about who's <laughs> in quiet riot, you got problems. You got to, you know, 
you know, get get out more because there's a lot more going on in this world. I mean, just be grateful that we're even on planet at all. Yeah, I mean, seriously. No, that's a good point. There was point. a minute there when I thought we were done with this for this whole COVID thing. I mean, I'm just grateful that we're doing it. And, you know, for for people that allegedly claim to be fans of this kind of music, they certainly don't seem to show it when they want you to call it a day. It's like, no, you want it to keep going, you know? Right. Well, because I think... Why, uh, why stop? Yeah, I, I even saw recently that I think it was... Uh, was it... Was it, I can't remember if it was Paul. Or, I think I feel like it was Paul, not Gene. But Paul came out... Paul Stanley of Kiss came out and said that the band is bigger than any one member kind of hinting yeah. that it will continue when him and Gene are gone. Like the band will oh, keep going. I, they've been saying that for a couple of years now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it will. I mean, and, and as time goes on more and more people, listen, 10 out of 10 people are going to die. All right. But that music will still be there. That brand name will still be there. And the opportunity to use it in commerce to make money will still be there. And so will college tuitions and mortgages and cell phone bills. And guess what? You're going to see a lot more bands doing it. So, you know, get used to it. Yeah. I mean, so I heard this quote that is interesting. It was like, it said, honest conflict has more social value than dishonest harmony. So do you like hearing people's opinions on this stuff or do you wish they would just yeah, shut up? Yeah, I sure. Yeah. Actually, I mean, it actually intrigues me because I do like <laughs> seeing different people's you know perspective on it and everything. Right. But when they get mad and they're like, you know, it's yeah. just, come on, dude, really? You're, you know that you really like you care, you care more than I do when I'm in the band. I think, I think for these people, for these guys on the internet, they should, you know, they have fantasy football. They should have fantasy hard rock or heavy metal <laughs> where you can do, you can put your own band together. Like, dude, they should get so-and-so on, they should get him back on base and get this guy. on. said, put your own band together. Get your fantasy, get your fantasy warrant, <laughs> get your fantasy docking, get your fantasy, you know, whatever. And then just be done with it. Yeah. Then everyone, everybody wins, you know, there you go. <laughs> so mean, yeah, yeah. So the band today is uh, it's yourself on guitars, Chuck Wright yeah. on bass, who's mm-hmm. played on previous Quiet Riot albums from like from I want to say was it the eighties or nineties? He's been in there. Chuck, Chuck's been in and out of the band for almost forty years, and yeah. he actually played bass on Metal Health. Right. Okay. And then Johnny Kelly yeah. from Typo Negative, I think, is on drums. Yeah. Typo Negative and uh, yeah, and Danzig. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he, and then he, was, he he fit right in. And Jizzy Pearl on vocals, who's been in Love Hate and Rat and was he in LA Guns? He was in LA Guns. Yeah. Uh yep, he played with Ann Adler. He's he's sort of the go-to. He's he's a he's a pro. And, yeah. And actually he's Kevin, Kevin really liked Jizzy. Um they were they were they were they were they were friends out here in Vegas. And uh Jizzy Jizzy gets it. He's one of us. He uh he really um and he can hit the notes. He's got the, that gravelly voice. Perfect, you know. Yeah, like so like I said, I've never seen Quiet Riot Live. If I come to a Quiet Riot show now. What's it going to be like? What the, what's the experience? Uh, I mean, we're playing all the hits, you know, all the songs we always used to do. And um, it's, it's pretty much, it's, you know, it's a party. It's rock and roll. It's what it always has been, you know, it's entertainment. That's what we're, that's what we're there to do. Yeah. You know? And I heard the latest album, like I said, and it sounds like it's true to the band. It's not like they're not, you guys aren't doing some sort of experimental stuff. So I assume that the new album that's coming out at some point is probably going to sound similar. Yeah, yeah, we're go- it's 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 gonna be there's gonna be some pretty cool surprises on it. It's coming out coming out great, and it's it's got it's all Frankie, um, Frankie. We, we we have a lot of material recorded from before he passed away that we're finishing up, and some stuff that we've been working on, you know, before he got sick. Um, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be really. I'm really excited about it. Enjoy. Yeah, that's cool. I I heard you talking about how he, you know, obviously he was sick and he was dying of cancer, and he would just 
all of a sudden get behind the drum kit and he felt bad, better and he could play the drums like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He told, he told me our, at our very last show, which uh, was uh, new year's Eve, 2019 into 20. Um, you know, it was awesome rat somewhere in the Midwest. And he, and you know, he was, he was in pretty tough, pretty rough shape at that point. And, but during the show, he sounded like a 25 year old kid behind the, the kit. And I, I asked him afterwards, I said, how can you play like that being, you know, so, you know, he was very frail. He lost a bunch of weight and he goes, you know what, when I have a pair of sticks in my hand and I'm playing, I don't feel, I don't, I forget I have cancer. I don't feel any pain. It was really, and he was serious. I mean, he, he was hitting the drums like nothing. And then, then as soon as he was done, you could tell he was, ah, you could feel it again. You know, oh, I mean, so at that crazy. point, the chemo had, he lost all feeling in his hands and feet. So he's numb and he's, it's all muscle memory at this point, you know? Wow. And he's still, he's still, I mean, and I told him, I said, even 20% of you is better than hundred percent of most drummers. So don't worry, buddy. You're fine. You know? That's crazy. Well, I can't wait to hear that new record. That's amazing. And then is there a, is there a full upcoming album of hookers and blow or cause I heard a couple songs, yes, singles that have come there actually, out. Actually there is. And I found out yesterday is coming out August 13th. Okay. Um, yeah. We, cause I heard yes, your version a of a, record. Yeah, well, the version of the songs that I've heard on Spotify were amazing. I, the, the Led Zeppelin song, Trampled Underfoot, that first that's of all, that's Frankie. one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs. It's, that's Frankie on drums. Oh, it is? Oh, yes, yeah. Fra Frankie did No Quarter and Trampled Underfoot um, three months after he was supposed to be dead, actually. Um, uh, it was not, yeah, it, yeah, he, he, was, he was given three to six months to live in April of 2019, and he recorded those songs in December of 20 of 2019. So he, you know, was technically supposed to be dead and was still at that point still recording. Um, and again, it sounded like a 20 year old kid playing on those tracks. Um, yeah. and no quarter it actually comes out next week with the pre-order. So you'll be able to hear that next week. Okay. Out. What other songs will be on the album? Oh, uh, we did. God, we kind of, we did. It's a, it's a very eclectic mix. We did uh, a couple stone songs. We did, uh, Eddie Money Shaken. Oh, that which, one's already out. Yeah, I've heard that one. That's out. Uh, we covered a Body Count song. Really? Believe it or not. Which one? Yes, and I actually got it to Ice T, um, and he totally into it. He's going to be tweeting about it when it comes what? out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I got my. I've, I've, I've earned my hip hop cred this year. I played on the new Public Enemy record as well. Yeah, I heard um, about that. You said, uh, <laughs> "I like this quote." You said, "Flavor Flav." When he's laying down his vocals, he's like. I'm about to put the milk on the cereal. Yeah, yes. What is it? I didn't know. I didn't know what he meant. He, he had the track from LA with Chuck D on it, and we're out here in Vegas. He's like, "Oh, Alex, check this out, yo. I'm about I'm about to go put on the milk." I'm like, "The milk?" He goes, "Yeah, you know, you can't have cereal without the milk. I'm the milk." And he goes in there, and dude, I swear to God, it went from being a track of just you know Chuck D and, and a beat to him doing that thing that he does. Yeah, boy, band. right. He, all those little isms in between, you know, Chuck D and it sounds like all of a sudden, it, yeah, there's a complete bowl of cereal, cereal there. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I he love right. He's he is the milk before the I milk. got into rock. I loved public enemy and NWA. Those are like my favorites. Like, Oh yeah. I, I they, they were, I mean, they just were just, I always liked stuff that pushed the envelope. And to me, yeah. NWA was sort of like the, the hip hop version of guns and roses. You know, they're just badass. Definitely. Know? Yeah. And then I loved how public enemy did the song with anthrax. That's such a great yes. song. I don't know how that's it... kind of how I, that's kind of how I got close with Flay because I knew him and we, you know, we, we used to go, bowling. we, we, we go bowling together. We live out here in Vegas. <laughs> <the> neighbors. <laughs> Uh, you, that's a side. What? Me. That is awesome. Um, 
That yeah. is that oh, would yeah. be so fun to just turn over and see you and Flavor Flav bowling. Yeah, at, yeah, two o'clock in the morning at Sunset Station. It's a sight, <laughs> believe me. Oh yeah. Oh, at the Sunset Station yeah. up in uh, that's Henderson, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Go oh. there at two o'clock in the morning. You'll probably see us both bowling. At some who point, else but, is there? Um, uh, who? Oh no! At that at two two a.m. No one. They, okay. That's just us. Do you? Yeah, are you? Mean, you go, do you hang out with all the other uh, Vegas music? There's a lot of Vegas rock stars. Uh, down there, yeah. Right? I, 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 yes. Yes and no. I mean, I don't really play it a lot <laughs> out here a lot at all. I, I just kind of moved out here for the convenience of the airport. Um, um, but um, the 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 way I kind of really got in tight with Flay was for his 60th birthday party. He wanted to do Bring the Noise. And he asked me if I would put a band together around it to to play to to play the song. We did it, and it was great. He had his his cousin did the Chuck D part, and um, it was really cool. Me uh, myself and DJ Ashman played guitar. Um, Step from Wasp played uh, played drums. It was a lot of fun. Does DJ live in Vegas? Yes. Yeah. Oh, are you guys tight? Not really. I don't really know DJ that well because we're always sort of passing each other in and out of bands and whatnot, you know? Um, but I'm worried we, we get along fine whenever we're together, but we, I wouldn't say we were like close friends or anything. And you said you don't, you don't really play a lot in Vegas. Like you don't, do, you don't play with like the, those sin city centers. That's kind of like, the... no, I've never, no, I've, I've, no, I'm, I may have sat in once or twice, but no, I don't really do any of like the, those cover gigs or anything out here. I'm, I'm more, uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm, working in the music industry outside of play, either playing in quiet riot or hookers and blow is mainly booking you know you do a lot of booking then huh yeah I, there's i got a tour out right now with faster pussycat and enough's enough it's like, like almost 40 shows oh yeah i saw um, that i don't think they're coming yep. to phoenix though i'm sad uh we're working on that actually oh. it might happen the first week in august okay nice yeah i've seen yep. uh i've seen yep. chip's version a couple times and i saw him with uh donnie v one time it was like on a sunday night and I just, I was like, dude, I got to see this. I got to go. And I drove down and they were, they were awesome, but they're good every time. I've never seen yeah, Faster no, Pussycat. It's, it's a good show. It's a good show. And fat and Faster's got, definitely got their thing. They've sort of evolved into a whole different band than what they were in the eighties. Yeah. It's really, it really good at keeping things, keep, keeping it going and, and, uh, you know, we, you know, kind of reinventing themselves. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've had Sam Bam on the show and I love that kid. Oh, I think great. Uh, Ace said he's going to be the next Jerry Cantrell, which is, I'd love to see that happen. I'd love to see, I could, you know, I, I could see Sam getting, I mean, he's, he's, he's really, really, really good. And I could see him definitely ended up in either something like that or playing guitar for someone really big. He's that good. And he's such yeah. a nice guy too. Yeah. Isn't that a big but, piece yeah. of it too, with all these, like with you and getting all this repeated work, if you were an asshole, you wouldn't be able to get all these jobs. Yeah. You know, you know, listen, anybody can play these, these fucking songs. Yeah. It's these, you know, it's not rocket science. It's about being a good person, being easy to be around, you know, not being a dick, not being, you know, being shady or shifty and just being someone you, I mean, cause keep in mind, you, you're on stage for one hour a day and you're around each other. The other 23, either at a hotel or an airport or a restaurant. And, you know, you want to enjoy, you want to enjoy your time. You know, that's, that's, that's a lot of it is personality for sure. It, and you see, like, you must see the gamut of like people that go like above and beyond with the drugs and shit. And then people that just don't do any drugs. Right. Because that's what I, when I interview these guys, there's a lot of people that were big partiers and now they totally sober but then there's some like, like Rachel Bolin was telling me, he's like, yeah, we do shots before we go on stage. So I'm like, you guys are still doing shots. I'm like, that's crazy. And he's like, yeah, but you know, it doesn't sound like they go nuts with it. 
No, it, it seems like everyone's. I mean, I, I quit drinking a couple. I, I quit drinking a year and a half ago. I haven't drank at all. Oh, really? So, I mean, you know, yeah. It's just, it just after a certain. I, I'm 44, and I just noticed the recovery time, the hangover, just not worth yep. it. And plus, you know, you know, you know, you're not not getting any younger visually either. So, you know, you figure you you this it's better off all it's better off all around than not. Especially doing fly dates on the road, you have to be up at four o'clock in the morning. The, those days are are kind of over, but um. You know, yeah, I think a lot of people have, have kind of smartened up and, you know, grow, they've grown up, you know, it's, you know, you're not a kid anymore. You can't, you can't step, do blow all night and then sleep for one hour and then go on stage. You can't do it, you know. But some people do try to push that, right? Like in their forties and fifties yeah, and mean, even sixties. You know, I think, I think it really depends on the person. Some people can, can function on it. Some people can't, some people, it's all a personal choice, you know? Yeah. I, I'm with um, you though. I, I, I noticed like the older I get, I'm like, dude, it's like you said, the recovery time. It's like, you can't, I can't, I can't, like, I mean, I, like when I was in my twenties, I could, you know, drink all night, party all night, do whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, sleep for three hours and get up and feel great. Now it's like, if I were to do that, I would be in bed for two days, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. It hits you a lot harder. And some people like are in denial with that. They're like, that's something so weird. Like, you know, they try to blame other factors or something like, no, it's just because you're getting old, you know? So yeah, it's, well, yeah, there's no, there's no other reason it's your, your body metabolizes shit differently as you get older, you know? And yeah. Well, good for you. That's all. Did you, you didn't like, did you have to go to treatment or anything? Or you just said, no, 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 no. I just decided I still did. No, it wasn't like that. I just like, I, I'm sick of this. I'm, I'm sick. It's actually, I can't tell you the exact moment. It was two Super Bowls ago. I was at a Super Bowl party and I got hammered with my, with my then girlfriend, now wife. And I, I woke up like, you know, I can't, I'm done. Just, I feel like shit. I look like shit. That was not fun. You know, I spent 200 bucks at some shitty bar. I don't even remember being at. I'm over it, you know. So what do you do for fun now? Uh, I mean, you know, it's music, you know, it's and and just, you know, I mean, with Quiet Riot, I'm doing a lot more of the advance work and stuff that Frankie did. So that occupies a lot of my time. And, uh, you know, just, you know, and, you know, trying to stay as busy as possible, especially during the, the whole pandemic thing. You know, I um you know, I built a home studio, um, you know, about once a month, my wife and I'll go, go up to like, like Utah, go fishing, get out of, get out of the city, you know? Nice. Okay. That's cool. And then do you still do yeah, that? I'm working on my fantasy hard rock team. Too, yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great hobby. Um, do but you still do, uh, some music and movie TV, uh, stuff like you, you guys had some songs in, uh, I think did quite right. Or, uh, beautiful creatures had a song in sons of anarchy. Yeah, we had we had a song in Sons of Anarchy. We had a song uh, in that movie, The Proposal, with Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. and Ryan Reynolds. Um, and you know, that's just yeah. I've written for a bunch of different. I mean, you know, I've submitted. You know, sometimes it gets used and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, I'm always writing. You know, you know, constantly being creative. You know, just because you can have it's good to have a whole whole catalog of stuff because you'll get a phone call out of nowhere from you know a publicist saying, hey my buddy's working on a movie and they need a, a sound alike for everyone. Cause it's soaring. Can you throw one together? And you know, it's quick, quick money, you know, oh, I lost you with the video. I can, I think I can still hear you. Are you still there? Oh, there you go. Hello. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. All right. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah. So do you have like a lot of clips laying around like riffs and things that you could just. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I have it all, all cataloged on my computer. Yeah. Cool. All right. So the qu- new quiet riot coming at some point, hookers and blow in August, anything else that you've got in the can? Um, you know, as of right now, not really. No, I mean, the main thing is July 2nd, 
Quiet Riot goes back out on the road. We have our first show back for the summer in Monaga, Minnesota. It's us um, with uh, special guest Jack Russell's Great White. Mm. Um, that's our first show back. And then we're doing, if you go to quietriot.band, there's all our dates for the summer and fall there. Um, and Hookers and Blow record comes out August 13th. Uh, it's available for pre-order next week, though. So if you okay. go on any of our social medias, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure it'll be on Blabbermouth or whatever. They'll you know um, the announcement about that, or you know, it's, it's coming out through a label called Golden Robot, right? Yeah, in Australia. Gilby's they on that. Yeah, I've had a couple of people from there. Awesome. So cool. yeah, we'll um, look for that. Other than that, no, just you know, just get, I'm getting ready to get back into it. You know, yeah, get the get, uh, get my my tour. Yeah. So Hello. is uh, is Quiet Riot? Are they gonna are they gonna hit Phoenix? Or are you adding dates? I, I would. I, I'd imagine at some point. Yeah. At some point. Um, okay. Nothing on the books right now, but yeah, probably before the end of the year. Okay. So people can check the uh, websites and such. Uh, that's great. And then I always end each episode with a charity. Is there is there one that that you want to give a shout out to, or one that you've worked with in the past? Yes. Uh, the Ronnie James Dio uh, stand up and shout. Oh. Perfect. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. You might be the first one to, to to mention that one of all the episodes I've done. Was kind of surprising. they were very helpful with, with Frankie's when Frankie was going through what he was going through. They were very helpful, and uh, yeah. So what did, the, what did they the do? DL Just provide sure. support or multiple things. There's a lot of ins and outs, you know, different treatment options and and, and financial assistance and whatnot. But they were great. Do they work um, mostly with musicians and things, or anybody or? Uh, I, I, I believe it's with anybody. I'm not, I don't know for sure though. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll put the link in there. I would Google it. I yeah. would Google it. But that, that's good to know that they actually helped out a lot. So then that's a good yeah. reputable organization. Awesome. Very cool. Yep. Well, thanks so much for doing this, Alex. I really appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Well, I hope you learned something from this episode. Uh, I definitely learned a lot about Alex and it was entertaining. I like hearing his opinions on things and whether you think quiet riot should continue or you think they should call it quits. I think his explanation makes perfect sense why they are continuing. And for me, I'd love to go see him. I've never seen that band live, so I think it'd be fun. I like those songs, and I'm sure they're going to do a good job performing them. So if you're interested, check the website for tour dates. Uh, we've got that in the show notes, along with Alex's charity and my website. Uh, if you want to support Alex, make sure to go see a show or buy some merch or follow him and his bands on social media. And you can support me with social media as well by following, sharing, commenting, liking, all that stuff goes a very long way. So we recently passed the two-year mark here. So I want to thank you for all continuing to listen. Obviously, I can't do the show without you. So thank you. I appreciate you. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And remember, shoot for the moon. <laughs>